Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions and some other odds and ends for some video game discussion. I'm Dan Tucker, and with me as always is El Ray. What's going on, everybody? Tonight's guest I have to introduce with a story. When I first met, or met as we, we chat online with, with Geodad, as a math teacher, I heard Geo, and I don't know if someone said it to me as a joke, or maybe I made it up myself. But I was like, oh, Geometry Dad, that's awesome. Geodad must also be a math teacher. And I held on to that thought for at least a year before someone, it may have been Geodad, someone corrected me. It was like, like it's Geodad, you know, like Geodude, like the Pokemon, the, you know, the, the obvious connection. And it, it, broke, it broke my world when I, when I realized it was, in fact, not Geometry Dad. So that's, that's the long way to say Hello, Geodad. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys, and thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And, and again, it's actually kind of funny that you talk about that because the whole origins of the name to go, not to take too much time. Yeah, it was supposed to be Pokemon-based and back in the Mario Kart group, and then it, it just went off the rails. It was Geometry Dad, Geography Dad, Geology Dad, and those the dads in the car group just took it just took it over. So I just accepted whatever name they gave me for that week. I am definitely a fan of math not a math teacher i work at a bank but definitely uh i've gone through all iterations of geodad and they all work for me i have to call out specifically you are the master you won pretty early on a wheel spin one of the uh, the nice bonuses and i don't mean to, to step on this if it's going to come up later but the master of a certain tagline that is the envy of many you want you want to tell us about that before we get started definitely uh yeah switch gang hashtag switch gang it's taken over it's gone viral. No, it was, it was, uh, it's kind of funny again, just naturally it happened on its own during some of the, um, the weekly events. And I, you know, I got to give credit definitely to O2-2 who jumped in as well. One of the main members of Switch Gang. And when it just, it just came alive in the chat on Twitch and it came alive. And then I had, I had that wheel spin for a while, uh, that, that prize. And I wasn't sure what I would do, you know, some game that I like, some other TV show that I like, anything else video game related. And then, after one of those chats on Twitch, I'm like, it's got to be Switch King. I mean, it 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 made itself. It was an alley oop for me. I, I, there was it, all the work was done for me. So so Switch King was born from from the chat, and and here we are today, and we've got a good amount of members growing, uh, growing, and, and I'm I'm happy to see it. And Ray Ray and I are both proudly up, uh, holding that tagline as well. So we have we have joined it. Even my son got in the ranks in the last two week week or two, but. Let us jump into the the actual yeah. games we're here to talk about, uh, which I guess we're actually going to come around to anyway. And I, I stomped on what Ray's going to cover, and I'm, he's going to let me have it for it later. But that's neither here nor there. So what we're going to get into though is your first game. Your first game that you're, you're sneaking a couple in here to. You get you got a lot of sneaking you're doing here when we're, we're talking about three games. <laughs> There's a little little smuggling action taking place. So you want to talk about FIFA, but specifically two years. You bring up 1996, a long, long time ago. Not not seven years ago, but 27 years ago for those of us of a certain age who uh, math gets a little funky for. And you also brought up 2021. So I, I don't know which year you want to start with, but I, there's a reason you picked these two specific years, and I need to know why. Yes, you are 100% correct. There's, two, there's specific reasons why I picked them. So as you were saying, in a galaxy far, far away, 1996, FIFA for the Super NES, as I like to call it, and um, <laughs> and this was actually the first soccer game I remember playing. 
And it was actually the first iteration where they uh, where FIFA used real names of players, real countries. Uh, so you could play in a World Cup, obviously, 1994. We had a World Cup here in the United States. My family is uh, Hispanic origins. I moved to New York. Oh, actually, I was born in New York. My family immigrated to New York uh, many years before. But I grew up loving and playing soccer from four years old throughout the, my entire life. I still play pickup games with friends now. And so I played uh, FIFA 96, got to play as Brazil, Italy, all those big names that we saw in 1994. And it was just my first real sports game that i can remember being younger one of my favorite things actually was kind of funny because again i was it was 1996 i wasn't i wasn't too old i wasn't too young either and one of my memories too from the game because you know those games back then especially sports games they're a little glitchy i know that if i hit a, a shot from a specific point on the field it was always a goal no matter what and so i would definitely take advantage of that little that little glitch in the game on top of that i don't know why but the developers intentionally in the game put in a push button it was the the l bumper and you would straight up shove a player to the ground and so being you know wanting to play and have a good time i would turn the fouls off and i would just push everybody and at one point you would push people and they would stay in the floor and they would get hurt so again being being a a younger kid i thought it was hilarious and so i would just rack up the scores and injure basically the entire team i was playing against uh so i have fond memories of that <laughs> That, that was about it for 96, but I did want to, you know, as, as my first memories of playing a soccer game. And then we're making a big jump. Can, well, can I ask before you make that jump, let's, I, I want to ask a few questions about 96. So first of all, was this, you know, did you have friends come over? Was there some local play that took place? Were you, you battling the, the CPU? What was your typical opponent looking like? It was it was battling the CPU or I'll battle either my brother or my dad. Yeah, it was it was definitely a mix. The majority of the time was CPU. At least when I wanted to win, because obviously being I was the younger brother, and so whenever I played against my brother or my father, I would normally lose. Oh, so you were used to being the right side of the screen anyway. You're always player two, Parma Luigi, huh? I was always I was always player two. I remember actually one time now that you just brought back a memory. One time I you know I, I did the trick because I had to. I would unplug my brother's remote for a little bit and before and he turned away or it was halftime just to get that couple seconds of a of a of a leg up on him before he plugged back in and then he would continue to beat me wow that that's usually the big brother move with the little brothers getting out of line that's impressive that you went the other way with it so who was your go-to club back then oh back then just because of, like i said that well my family is colombian so i would either choose colombia or uh i would go with brazil just you know being recent world cup winners on prior years before 96 all right, well, let, let's make that jump then. Let's jump up 25 years and hit FIFA 2021. Yes. FIFA 2021 came out uh, in the midst of the of the pandemic. It came out in August 2020. Uh, and then obviously, jump ahead, you had asked me before, did I play with friends? Obviously, in 96, I couldn't play online. But in that, you know, that was a different case in August 2020. So come FIFA 21, obviously, you had a, a much, much more, a, a lot of different game modes that you could play. There was career mode. You could play seasons. You had a lot of access to a, a lot more than just the international teams and those those big names that you saw back in '96. So you know, first, obviously, you have your career modes. I have a, a favorite soccer team. I like to watch the Premier League in England. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I would pick my Arsenal team. I'd play through the season. I'd be the manager and make my changes, you know, formations, buying, selling players. And then what I liked also about '21 is there was also the international aspect of it. So I would play with my regular club team. But at the same time, during the season, I would get offers. I want to coach the Colombian national team. Do you want to coach the USA team? And so during my regular season, I would also be the coach of an international side where I would pick their players. I would choose who I wanted to be. I would participate in friendlies, participate in World Cups. 
So there was a lot of different things going on at the same time in the regular career mode. Besides the career mode, again, there's there's a lot of different um, sections within FIFA. The main the main mode that I would play online with friends was the pro clubs mode. And, and basically, the pro clubs mode is you could create an online team, and you guys would each take control of one player, and you would play together against other teams. You could get promoted, you could get relegated, and when you created your own player, you could level up your player. So you could change how tall you are, what position you wanted to play. But then the more games you played, you could increase your skills with passing, with shooting, with jumping, with defending, all those different things. And it's kind of, um, I have to throw it out there. When I saw this, this game mode about playing online, having a team, getting promoted, relegating, leveling up, it made me think of a certain Mario game that I was very excited about that you could do something similar. Uh, you, know, I try, that, you, know, I, you know, I tried to avoid this geo that. I, I almost so started off when you, when you said tackling in 96, I almost said, oh, like a precursor to strikers back when the game was good. I, I, and I stopped. I didn't. I stopped myself from saying it. And, uh, and here you are talking about upgrading characters and all the nonsense they added to that terrible game. Go ahead. No, go it ahead. You couldn't Please, stay away. <laughs> and you're right. No matter what I do, I couldn't, I couldn't stay away. Right? I had to mention it. But again, going back, so I had this mode set up pro clubs with my friends and there was a total of nine of us. So we actually basically had an entire soccer team and we each had a defined position. I would play in the midfield, for example. And then we had, um, what, three that are here in the States, three that were in South America, and then another three that were in Europe. Uh, so again, all over the world, but even during the time of the pandemic, we were able to get t- together on a regular basis, everybody with their you know their designated positions, get on chat, and, and really uh, be able to play together, which was great, especially with everything that was going on in the world at that time. And again, playing playing something like soccer, when it's so many people playing together, there's so many intricacies to the game, passing, moving into space, crossing the ball, a lot of things going on that, that it really was a joy to play with other people who, who, you know, who enjoyed the game as well. And we had a great time. All right. I have one more question before we move on from FIFA. And that's involving the fact that EA is moving on from FIFA. Uh, what, what do they, they're calling it uh, EA football club or EAFC, something like that uh, coming into to the next iteration they've got coming up here. What do you think the impact's going to be there? What do you expect to see? Exactly. EA, yeah, EAFC, I think is what it's going to be. And, and no, I'm excited for it too. Again, just because it's, it, the name's not FIFA, the, the basic game is still going to be there. I was actually reading on, up, up on it before. And I mean, when it comes to the naming rights, Electronic Arts does everything. They already have agreements with all the teams, with all the leagues. None of that's going to change. It's actually a funny fact. Uh, in FIFA 2020, there were three or four Italian teams that didn't agree with with contracts with ea so ea just left their the names of the clubs outside of the game and they just called them something different uh one of them was was juventus which is where cristiano ronaldo played so cristiano ronaldo was on this team had a completely different name and you know no one it was it was a joke at the time but really at the end of the day it didn't it didn't affect the game so i think it really in this sense it, it hurts fifa more than anything else I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it's supposed to, I think they were going to come out with more information this summer about the game so i'm definitely interested in what's gonna uh, what's gonna happen with that and but they've reported really all the the same basic the same game basics that we're used to will still be in place but i'll definitely be be pre-ordering that game to see what it looks like all right so we've slingshot back and forth here we've gone from the super nintendo up to the uh, the modern generations let's let's take a swing back here Let's head back to the PS1, PlayStation, the original. Metal Gear Solid. 
So let's let's start off. Why did Metal Gear Solid make the number two spot on the list? Oh, okay. Well, the first thing I gotta say because it always stays in my head is uh, one of the lines from the game, Metal Gear. Is just how Snake says it. Just always comes yeah, the, back into my head. The delivery is important there. I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> Snake, I can do uh, that for you if you want. Oh, that's a good one. The Codex, and that's why there's so many memorable moments in that game. But again, go, yeah, going back in that time, in 1997, uh, I was living in New York, and my dad, you know, from my, ja- from my, my dad's job, when they transferred him. And at first, we were going to move to Jersey. Okay. And then, as, then also my parents were like, hey, we're moving to Santo Domingo. And I'm like, okay, what state is that in? Because I haven't heard of it. And actually, we ended up moving internationally to the Dominican Republic. So that was, again, 1997, started a new school in a new country with a new language. Again, my family is, my family is Hispanic, but I grew up in upstate New York. So my Spanish was not the best for someone living in a completely Hispanic uh, speaker, Spanish-speaking country. Uh, so that, you know, that next Christmas, uh, I got a PlayStation. I was Metal Gear Solid was one of the first games that I got. And again, too, it was a, it was a time in my life where video games really... You know, really took care of me. They they gave me a a new world to explore, things to to see, and and you know, moving is never easy, especially when at that point I was going into sixth grade at the time. So I really have a lot of fun memories of that game, and and really video games just taking care of me. But with Metal Gear, the the main thing that I remember from the game is just it's the first game that I played that it, it felt like it wasn't just a game. It felt like I was in a movie. I was actually remembering, you know, just the whole opening sequence. It's like a movie. There's credits. There's like all this opening. There's all these cutscenes. I actually remember I played through various games in the Metal Gear series, and it got to a point where like I'm on like I feel like 30, 40 minutes of a cutscene. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of ready to go back to the game. But again, there's just so much story, so much going on that I you just get sucked into it. It was also my first stealth game, and really, it's I think it was one of the biggest stealth games that really just. Um, inspired so many things to come after it from you know your splinter cells and ongoing some other games we'll probably discuss later on so and really was just so much i can remember the 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 boss battles every single boss battle i still remember some of those uh, some of those characters today and and all the different tactics you had to use against those different bosses whether it was revolver ocelot and bullets ricocheting off of walls one of my favorites was was sniper wolf you had to make sure you took your 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 pill so that your your aiming would be a lot what you wouldn't move as much when you were breathing so you could shoot better. Tell 14-year-old so learns about diazepam. Exactly. And then, I mean, obviously everyone loves to talk about Psychomantis. That was, that was just, I mean, it, it, it I think that's when people maybe started, maybe that was the start of rage quitting because is you couldn't hit the guy. You couldn't do anything. And again, there was no internet. You didn't know how, what to do. Not only that, but, but then, so, so I got to ask, we got, we got to stop on Psychomantis for, for a second here. So this was your first game on the PlayStation? Yes. So you didn't get the experience. So I had, what was it? I think it was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So if you have other games saved on your game card, especially Konami games, Psycho Mantis starts talking to Mm -hmm. you about your other save files that are on your memory card to boot too. So not only like you can't work your way around him, he starts talking about like, oh, I see you like playing games about vampires or whatever. It is. He, you know, he says something to that effect that like references the other games you're playing. But I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, I couldn't get away from Psycho Mantis without having like the, oh! <laughs> that occurred with that. Exactly. It was just so, it was so groundbreaking at the time. Speaking of, I still have my PlayStation memory card. I don't have my PlayStation anymore, but I remember one of the, one of the channel three quests, I didn't have an answer to both. What's your favorite? It's not, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's probably the oldest piece of hardware I have other than my 
than my Super NES itself, I have the memory card. And part of me is like, man, I wish I, I need to get some kind of USB adapter or something. Everything on there is probably corrupted. But I'm just curious, like, what, what's even on that memory card at this point? You, you know, the, other, the funny thing you said, you called out the uh, the credits, and it's funny now looking back on it and how much Kojima's involved with, like, Guillermo del Toro, and I think half of his podcast is, you know, talking to, to people like Jordan Peele, and he's got this, uh, not infatuation, but, like, you can see where he's blending that entertainment piece in, and, you know, even the, the ridiculous stuff like Conan O'Brien's uh, In Death Stranding. It's just funny to think about now... Like you said, it's such a cool opening credits and, you know, the, the Hideo Kojima production and finally get to the title reveal eventually and all that stuff. That was that was pretty cool. Um, so I, I got two questions then. One, did you ever go back? Uh, this was your first stealth game, but did you ever go back and play the original Metal Gear on Nintendo? I have not, actually. It's actually on my bucket list to go back and check it out. Yeah, that's that. That it's a it's a much different dynamic, but you should do that just so you can see what the jump was. And you know, we have all these games now that are like, oh, they reboot or kick something up. Like, yeah, you, know, you go from the the God of War that was on the PS2 up to God of War on on PS4 and five. You're like, oh yeah, look at the way they rebooted that. But if you look and see what they did from the Nintendo onto uh, onto Metal Gear Solid, it's it's fantastic to see. But uh, the other question I had was, did you continue with the series at all after the original Metal Gear Solid? Yes, I played two. I played three Snake Eater. The last one I played was Guns of the Patriots. Uh, and then after trippy. that, that's why like Guns of the Patriots was yeah. like watching them. Again, it felt like watching a movie. That's the game where I was like, dude, this cuts is like too long. Then they start getting into the VR missions and things like that. So I didn't play any of those games. I never, I have not played the Phantom Pain. But then part of me thought about, I was like, oh, I wonder if like if they would do a remake or bring it back. I, I would be interested to, to maybe get back into the series. Y'all be curious. They're doing a lot, <clears throat> a lot of the Silent Hill, uh, bring a lot of Silent Hill back. I, I'm curious to see if uh, where this all lands after their kind of fallout with Kojima and now Konami's coming back into video games. I'm waiting to see what they do. It, no, it's something saying again, the, the way they, I mean, Everything they did was was groundbreaking. I remember just so many anything from like the, the item wheels on one side of the screen to the weapon wheel on the other side of the screen. And I remember again when finishing the game, there were there were multiple endings. You could get the bandana from Meryl, which you could replay, and then you have the the infinite ammo. Or if you save the doctor, then you would get invisibility. And obviously with a game like stuff, I'd want to go back and play again with with invisibility. But all these things, I mean, and one thing that actually stays in my mind as well, too, again, talking about that cinematic, one of the first times you see the cyborg ninja, when he just basically terrorizes an entire group of soldiers. And it's one of those, like, it's a hallway scene. And the way the camera moves, like, it it takes me back to, like, you know, one of those first times in Risen, even when you turn around and see the zombie, like, it's just one of those, just images that stays in your head and that just again it just totally sucks you into the moment join us on the bucket and hoosier show the podcast that's all about community and competitive rocket league if you're new to rocket league it's a high-flying fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars it's a game that's easy to pick up but difficult to master and that's where our guests come in we're talking about the best of the best in the rocket league community to learn about their journeys strategies and tips for success Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. 
Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. All right, with that, we move on to game number three, the Assassin's Creed Ezio Trilogy. So that would include Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations, because Assassin's Creed forgot how to count after two for a little while there, as they were putting this story together. So first question, are you playing these, or did you play this on the Switch? Like when you said the trilogy, did you buy the trilogy, or did you play these games originally when they came out? I played these games originally when they came out, but actually I just purchased the trilogy yesterday because I'm going to play through it again because I realized the entire thing is there on Switch. But uh, that's why I went ahead and just went with the trilogy. You cannot bill so, us for that. So tell me about it. All, right, we just got to make it clear. He can't bill us for that. I feel like this is our fault. The timing of him sending his list and that purchase is not good. <laughs> We're not liable. Listen, it's a great trilogy. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing wrong with buying it again and playing. It's a great, great set of three games. And, and I say tongue in cheek. There's reasons that they they went two and then played two more games before three because they knew they were going to make this trilogy out of it first before starting a new story. So tell me about it. We got Italy for two games and then Constantinople for the third. Tell me about the whole experience with these games. Again, same thing. I'm going back. I, we saw it in Metal Gear. We're seeing it now in Assassin's Creed. The the depth of the story. Uh, you know, you're with the same character throughout maybe for, what, 40, 50 years of his life. I mean, the first, uh, I was actually playing a little bit of it yesterday. The game starts and you see him being born in, in one of your first trips back in the Animus. Ezio Auditore de Firenze. So it's, it was great to, to really see the beginning of a character and see him go through all these things in her life and being a part of that in the memory sequences and then getting all the way to the end of his life. And I, I really enjoyed, too, the time jumping. In, in the Assassin's Creed series. It's something they've strayed away from. But back then, you know, you would you were playing as Desmond, you would jump out of the Animus, you would do things outside. At one point too, it was one of those moments, you know, jumping a little bit ahead to, to Brotherhood, where Ezio is talking to Desmond. He knows that, you know, he kind of says, the, my entire life purpose was to give you information. I don't know where you are. I know you can hear me. And so it was one of those, like, breaking the fourth walls, like one of the first times, I guess, I had experienced that in gaming. That it was like, wow, again, this story just blew me away. And then obviously going back to the stealth portions, the hidden blade, the whole Italian culture and climbing those buildings, the parkour. I went to uh, Europe with my wife before we had kids and it was after I played this game. So it was a lot of times I was like, oh, I climbed that building. I jumped off of that building. Uh, yeah, there's I could have jumped into that pile of hay over there. So it was constantly me just joking about all the all the all the architecture in Italy that I had already been exposed to, even though it was our first time there in person. It's amazing <clears> how how well they how well they they map the games out because I mean I feel like now games are so detailed and they can make these worlds, but for that time, I mean you you knew where you were. They were, they weren't making things up. You know you could go to the Colosseum. You were in Florence. You were in Rome. You ever just kind of like walk around and just appreciate? you know, the, the settings of the game as you played. Exactly. And that was, that was my favorite t- part too, about the Assassin's Creed franchise at that point, the, the city based play. Cause there was so much going on in the city, the architecture, the people, everything you could do, how you could blend through crowds and, and some of the later games. Uh, again, like you said, a lot of attention to detail that, that I really appreciated and just uh, fell in love with. Were you, did you play any of the multiplayer with brotherhood and, and revelations? Cause they, they had, a very different online multiplayer than kind of like the games at the time. 
I actually didn't. I, I I tried once, but again, I didn't have the best internet connection back at that point. Uh, so I got booted a lot, kind of like you in Fortnite. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it definitely was the one that I did try. I tried it with Unity, which was the one in Paris, in France. I think it was where it was a like co-op and you would do missions online. And I thought that was a very interesting concept. And like you're saying, it's Assassin's Creed tried to do multiplayer differently. Uh, it wasn't a shoot up. It's it's not you know it's not a third person kind of shooter game or, or a battle royale like we see nowadays. So I can definitely appreciate that they tried to do something different. It, I'm not gonna say it was a nece- necessarily a complete success, but props are definitely trying something different because I think you know you always want to to try something different. You want to try to to be on the cutting edge and see what works and what doesn't. So I definitely hope that online is something that maybe they try again in the future. But you know using the lessons that they've learned. Have you played any of the other Assassin's Creed uh, besides three? Because you said you brought up Unity. Did you play the original, or did you did you play kind of the, any of the ones afterwards? Yeah, I basically played one all the way up to Valhalla. I've played all the main ones on PlayStation. I think the only ones I've missed there, there was like there was one for like I want to say the, maybe the PS Vita or something like that. There's probably only one or two that I haven't played, but most recently yeah, I finished uh, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Did you play the? Did you buy the DLC for Valhalla? Because they added something like 30 extra hours with this kind of like online world Valhalla. I did not play. I didn't actually, because honestly, I kind of lost a little bit of interest after Valhalla. It didn't really do it for me. So uh, there, there's a change though, right? There's there's a change from the Ezio trilogy and the original one, uh, well, Altaero, that has that really stealth approach to it. The The story was street was streamlined. You, you, you know, you could do extra stuff, but you had your main storyline. And But they jumped to kind of open world somewhat. With the uh, with the newer games, did you do you like that open world jump, or do you did you like really like the kind of the main storyline stealth mode of the first games? I really like the story mode and the stealth of it. I mean, I do appreciate the open world, which you know the, uh, the Assassin's Creed Two does have. There's other side missions and things that you can do, and I did I did appreciate that. You know, at one point there was a tower defense element in the game. There was even you know you have your villa, you could update your villa, and you get your income. And even in Brotherhood, you can actually hire assassins, send them out on missions. So there's a lot of other stuff that you could do that I definitely appreciated. I just think the newer Assassin's Creed went, like you said, it went more into the open world than the than the main story and the main story again from from my personal gaming experience i really enjoy that main story i love doing other things in the open world but you know what what i'm mostly invested in is that character development that main story on how that custom uh, how that uh that character got there what's he doing why is he doing it and let me help him do it yeah i, I agree i think that's i think you you hit the point that a lot of people talk about that we played one character for three games and you really, you know, you got to see his whole life, his development. You know, he's you play with him. You know, he's a teenager when you start. He's a teenager that runs around, and by the end, he's you know, old man trying to teach everyone. So that that development was really what made that thing, right? It's the it's the character that really made the game, right? Just kind of you got to grow with him. Exactly, and just the emotional weight that that it carried when I then when I was playing Revelations and all these things were happening, I was like. Again, I've invested a lot of time in this character and seeing everything that's going on. Like, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a payoff. I enjoyed every moment of it, but I felt connected to that character. At the mention of Tower Defense, we're going to jump into your honorable mentions. We're going to talk about three games that didn't quite make the cut of your three here. The first one we're going to start with, Plants vs. Zombies. So this one leads off the your, your runner-up or the ones you just want to have a little chat about here. Where, where'd this one fall in here? 
As you were talking, I mentioned a little bit of tower defense before, and I definitely like tower defense. It's a different kind of game, you know. I I, I like I really enjoy tower defense games. One of the ones I've given a quick shout out was balloons. I don't know if you guys ever played balloons with with the monkey shooting uh, darts at balloons. That took me back. But Plants vs Zombies, I remember I played it on PC. This is what back when it was PopCap, before all the other sequels and garden warfare and all the other stuff came out in the microtransactions this was the original one uh, that i really spent a lot of time playing and enjoying just for that tower defense aspect setting up my defenses being able to upgrade plants i remember in the original game i actually had a garden you would plant the seeds and it would create the new the new plants that you could use later on and and just uh just setting up strategizing how i'm going to see seeing what zombies i'm going to see in the next level and i can adjust accordingly and, and what I liked about the original as well was was the different game modes. Uh, you see them a little bit now, but for example, those levels where you only have one kind of plant that you can use, for example, it'd be like the cherry bomb, or the or the levels where you had to uh, it was an escalator, so it would just give you random plants. That's what you had to use. That's there, there was no setting up your own defense. You used what they gave you. And one of my actually favorite modes was. Um, when you went to the options, it was it was basically uh, there was a bunch of vases set up, and you would break the vases, and every vase would open some kind of enemy. Or if it was a green vase, it would give you some kind of power up or some kind of special plant you could use, and you didn't know what you were going to get. So I always thought there was such a, a random, you know, I could always go back and play again because every time I played, it would be different. It wasn't the same tower defense every single time. Yeah, I remember uh, that, and I just remember that boss battle at the end. Oh yeah, the the uh, what? what was it, Doctor Zomboss? I think it was. I remember only because my son just replayed Doctor Zomboss on the roof. Did you figure that out on your own? I felt like that was a really frustrating final boss fight of trying to figure out like, oh, you got to freeze this and pepper that, and yeah, that was another conveyor. Like you mentioned, the conveyors you don't get to pick your your plants. You can do anything. You just got to kind of manage what's on the conveyor. Not let the conveyor get backed up. Use it, but still have a couple in reserves. You're, you need to have pots on the roof so that way uh, you actually have something to plant them in, and the pots are another, mm-hmm. you know, asset management situation. Exactly, it was definitely was frustrating. I remember the part where he would just uh, he would just run down to the end of the screen and destroy all of your plants with just one fell swoop, and you had to fill in everything again. And if I'm not mistaken, you were on the roof, so it's not like you were. I don't, I don't think there were any lawnmowers. I gotta remember, uh, not on the roof. Yeah, but it, it you was had, definitely yeah, a you I, I know you had the scrubbers, but I don't remember if you had them in the final boss fight or not. Now that you mention it, it, it was a lot of fun. It was. So, what was your your go to plant uh, in the game? The one that if you you know the one you were going to pick first, you knew it was going to be there. Not 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 the sunflower. You needed the sunflower, but what was the one that if you went into a level you knew you were going to go with? I know it was the double pea shooter for sure. It was two hundred sunshine, so it wasn't cheap. But, but yeah, yeah, at that point, I had double sunflowers, so I would send those double sunflowers, get extra, and I would set up my double pea shooter, and, and I'd be good to go. Did you have a most hated level? I know what mine was. That's why I have to ask if you had a most hated hated level or setup in the game. I remember a level that I I disliked very much, and I don't remember if it was on the mobile or on the original version, but I, was a, I hated the ice levels, and there were portals, so they would, like, go down to the ice and they would switch from one lane to another when they hit those certain portals and it would totally mess me up because that everything set on one lane they would take that portal and it would just pop up somewhere else so that was definitely annoying and, and took me a lot of time to adjust and did you play the endless survival and how far did you get if you did uh i did but i don't remember how far i got see i only remember i want to replay it now 
I only remember because I had this on PC, as you mentioned, but I also had this on PS3, so it had trophies attached to it. And I remember I had to get to level 25 mm-hmm. on the Endless Survival, which was problematic to get to. <laughs> so good luck if you can get to 25. I did it. I finally, I finally did get to it. But it's not easy on PlayStation versus PC because when you're on PC, you can just or you know use it now, like you said. I'm playing on a tablet or a phone. I got my touch screen and you know able to to just move the fingers or you move the mouse around. But whew, it is it's sweaty using a PlayStation controller trying to do that one real time. No, I can't imagine because I mean, yeah, I played PC and now if when I do play every, uh, every now and then, I play mobile, so I can just click and drag. Yeah, time time to get that endless run going. I I couldn't figure out how to fairly mm-hmm. make a challenge for the week on that one because you have to have like played the entire game through and if you buy all the stuff from the psycho neighbor then you know, you've really got some jacked plants to to go further. There's no level playing ground for that one, but uh, I want to do it someday. Next game on the list, we go to Fall Guys, which is just a fan favorite over here. I'm going to start with this. When did you start playing Fall Guys? Did you play with Channel 3? Were you playing before that? Yes, I definitely was playing before that. I I jumped into Fall Guys on in season two, the medieval season, which was back in November of 2020. So again, in the midst of the pandemic, I had a friend I hadn't spoken to who lived in Boston. He's like, "Hey, you got to try this game because we used to, you know, we used to watch Wipeout or we used to watch MXC Extreme Elimination Challenge, which was always a, fa- a fan favorite." He's like, you, you, "You like those shows? We used to watch them. You need to try this game." And at that point, it was free in PlayStation. Uh, you know, then they started charging for it again. Now it's free again. So I was able to jump in nice and early. And that was the Friday night routine. I would jump in with, with, my, with my my friend from Boston, a couple of his friends, and we'd jump in and do some squads. And it was it would always be a good time. It would be a great time. And that's why Channel 3, you know, I was able to jump in and be like, okay, I know my fall, guys. And you guys saw, like, I had my, my wins at the beginning, but then everybody catches up and they grind it out. And now I'm back down with with, with uh, being mediocre. Well, what's that? What's that turn I use, Ray? Um... Competitively mediocre. Oh, aggressively, aggressively mediocre. mediocre. There you go. That's the Matt Harry term right there. Not, if I make if I make a final, I'm happy at this point because the level has risen so much. But it's great to see. What is your favorite course? What's the one that you want to see when you're playing? Oof. There's 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 so many. Um, uh, I would say my favorite my favorite race at least would be is big fans, and then final I have to go with jump around. Yeah, Dan doesn't like big fans. I, I remember that. I remember clipping. I remember memeing that one time. <laughs> no, you see, here's my here's my problem. I was playing with the kids, and my psychotic son pulls up Ray's level. We're just doing some private. Yeah, he just wanted to kind of goof off, show us the levels he built. And that psychopath pulls Ray's level back up. Who does that? I I was I was surprised that it, that it was so tough for people. Because once I I, get, I built it, but obviously I I was completing it piece by piece. To make sure I could do it. So when it said, all right, now prove that you can do it. I did it in one shot. It's like you 30 also, seconds it took me. And I thought, I was like, oh, this will be easy for everybody. It took me 30 seconds. Like, Yeah, you also weren't dealing with the hug fest of channel three, uh, 20 channel three psychos running at it either. All right. So we I, that's actually a question on my list. Uh, Gio, what's, what's your opinion on hugging? What's, what's your take on hugging? I had that on my list of questions here. Hugging is great when it's not happening to you. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think hugging is great all the time. Sometimes I feel sometimes I feel personally attacked. I try to hug as a general rule. Sometimes I feel personally attacked by the hugs, but I try to hug just in general. I don't want to. I don't try to target one person. 
No, I, yeah, in that sense, I'm, I'm a purist. I try not to hug. I let, the, I let everyone kind of do their own thing. But as you said, at some point, it, be, it, it can become a little personal. And you're trying to get in there. And we've had our fair, I've had my fair share of hugs with both of you. I mean, that's Dan cool. hugged me this past Wednesday and threw me off. And it happens. I mean, that's the thing. And I, I appreciate Fall Guys because there's obviously a level of skill at Fall Guys. But there's a large amount of luck that's going to be involved as well. Hey, I'm sorry, so but I earned that W. Done. I earned that W this past Wednesday. <laughs> That's right, Dan got it. You definitely did. So, talk about creative mode. What do you What are you hoping to see out of creative? Because right now, it's you know, it's just races, and even racing, there's just, there's a couple of obstacles that they haven't put in yet. You know, it's been they kept it kind of simple just to see how it goes. What What do you want to see happen in creative mode? I, I don't know. I definitely want to get into survival. To see what kind, what kind of, what kind of custom builds we can do for survival. I know there's a couple of ideas already already been thrown out, but I'm, I'm excited when that comes. And I get it. They, uh, yeah, they're going bit by bit just to make sure nothing breaks. But I'm definitely excited for that. And at one point too, I'm really, I really want to get custom squads in there too. Like you know, simply like what we've done with Fortnite. And I think it would be great to get some squad based games in there as well, or even in private lobbies, so we can take advantage of that a bit more. All right, and we move to the last game on the honorable mention list. Uh, of course, I think people would have rioted if if this wasn't talked about with with you on. We have to talk about Mario Kart Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. So before we talk about Mario Kart Eight, I'll just start with this: Were you playing Mario Kart before this game? Were you playing any of the uh, the earlier versions of it, or was it or something you just kind of did a little bit, and then Mario Kart Eight is really really where it caught on for you? Yeah, I mean, like like any other gamer, I definitely played it. Uh, the only iteration that I owned was Mario Kart for the Wii. Because again, I had a Super NES from Super NES. I jumped into PlayStation, PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4. Then after that, I got a Wii. So then I definitely enjoyed playing Mario Kart. It's something to play with friends and family. But, you know, I like to prefer to Mario Kart 8 for, you know, for you Matrix fans. It, it was my red pill into gaming most recently. Because it, it was the red pill that took me into the dad gaming and that took me into Channel 3 and to where we are today. Because a couple years ago, my wife bought me a Switch. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun, you know. Oh, she got me Mario Kart. I can play Mario Kart with some friends, you know. And then little did I know that, you know, I followed this Instagram page for the dad game for the dad. Oh, they have a gaming account too. Let me go check it out. And from you know, one thing led to another, and I'm in these Facebook leagues and weekly tournaments and cart gangs, and I'm doing time trials. I'm making up a, a nickname for myself that everybody gets wrong. And, and, and then Channel 3 comes around, and channel, I'm all into Channel 3. I have my caution using tilt control shirt over here representing. And so really, it's just it took me down the rabbit hole, and I loved every minute of it. Describe the Wolfpack experience for people that don't know about the Wolfpack. Let, let them know what... Explain to them. Explain to them about real, about real Mario Kart. And that's the thing I learned about real Mario Kart and the Wolves Den because I think we all, again, I think we all did. Yeah, I thought I was always I thought I was always again a, a decent gamer, and I thought I was pretty good at, at Mario Kart. I usually would beat my friends at Mario Kart, and, and you know I could hold my own. And so when there was a Mario Kart group, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do okay. I like I look decent, and I just realized how terrible I was at the game, and that it was just like just shame. And and, and uh, <laughs> but hey. You got to play with the best if you want to be the best. So in that sense, those wolves then, and then two, the part that I appreciate about so much is one of the things when you go to Channel 3 is just the environment, the people. Uh, there's zero toxicity. You know, people get, get chippy sometimes because, you know, you're throwing red shells at each other. It's going to happen. But, but one of my favorite things about Wolves then, I know I'm going to get my butt kicked, 
but just being in that chat room, being talking with those guys, I talk to some of these guys more than I talk to friends in real life. So, so it's been it's been a great experience. And through it all, I mean, yeah, I think I've become someone. Uh, I've become a better Mario Kart player, a real Mario Kart player. That the fact I made the joke like I can't play with my friends or family because they don't want to play with me anymore because I'm a little bit better now. So if I want to play Mario Kart, it needs to be with a dad game or it needs to be in Channel 3. What's the, uh, what's the go-to uh, character in Kart Build? Uh, it's going to be DK. When, which, when I which, jumped which into the league. Are you, following along? are you following along with the, with the changes of the carts? Or are you using Donkey Kong with whatever cart you feel like still? Oh, no, I'm, still, I'm, I'm going Donkey Kong Bitty Buggy. It's, it's just what I've been comfortable with. I haven't checked really the new stats. I haven't really tried them out. But when I got into the into the league at the very beginning, I was I was playing a lot with with Mickey Wins, and he's a big DK guy. So I was playing a lot of DK in the beginning. Got comfortable with it. It's my go-to. All right. So with that, we've we finished honorable mentions, and we're gonna move on, look into the future. One game you are looking forward to, and we have on the list here, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which we talked about the Ezio trilogy earlier, and this game they've this, they still say it's coming out this year. But we are getting close to June, so I don't know if this year is still a thing. It looks like, from what they've shown, that they're trying to go back to kind of that, that old Assassin's Creed style of hiding in the crowds and you know, using, using the hidden blade and stuff like that. So what are you, you, know, what are you looking for with uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage? What are you hoping for? Exactly that, right? Really just for them to go back to their roots. You know, it's... it's... I feel like I, I don't want to say it, but I feel like they've saturated the IP a lot. And it's just every year we're getting a new game, we're getting a new game, we're getting a new time period, which very cool time time periods, very cool weaponry, a lot of cool things going on. But I feel like it's just completely changed the kind of game. So I'm really hoping that Mirage goes back to to what used to work, at least personally for me. Uh, and I have some people again, you know, there's there's people on both sides of the argument, but I really would like to see uh, the old school kind of gameplay and stealth. That you can always run into a room and, and then fight everybody, but there's other ways to do things. Uh, and so I really think that that creative part of it and, and using your tools and your environment around you leads to to a, a different kind of gameplay experience that I'm hoping to see with Mirage. It's funny you said that they saturated the IP because they basically come out and said they're going to put four games out. This is just the first one. Like if there's going to be a mobile game, uh, one set, that uh, one in Japan, which is supposed to be more of the Valhalla style open story even though Mirage is using a character from Valhalla essentially in their game but so it looks like they're, they're trying to open up every direction at the same time so when you say saturate I, I will be interested to see if they can kind of pull that whole thing off it's it's going to be interesting for sure I'm a, I'm a little little nervous but but let's see how it goes like I said all those all, all those delays are not uh not starting it off in it in the best light so far you know what i'll say you know tears of the kingdom got delayed even hogwarts legacy was delayed and so far it seems like delays now are them saying hey we are actually paying attention and taking care of these games and i hope i hope that trend continues but i have hope i have hope agreed all right geo one of the things we do during the course of the podcast is we take a quest a question from the channel three history books pick it for you to discuss a little surprise for you we don't tell you what's coming the quest that we have picked for you to discuss what is your favorite game that is unpopular with the masses oh serial cleaner serial cleaner actually a little known game i actually used to watch g4 tech tv and i remember watching uh, jessica chobat and they had one of the attack of the show 
and it was one of those minds where they had a, a section for indie games. I was like, I'll try these indie games out, and I saw something. Yeah, I saw Serial Cleaner. Again, it was it was a different kind of game. And it was more of a puzzle game. It's a little dark. Uh, you're essentially again you're uh, you're a cleaner for for uh, murder scenes, and basically you have a vacuum and you have a set of tools. And you have to clean up the murder scene, uh, pick up any evidence that they might find the killer. But there's it's, it's an active police um, investigation. So there's people walking around with flashlights, they're looking at things. And again, it's one of those, going back to what we were saying before, using the environment, hiding in closets, using different aspects to, to, clean, up all the, to clean up all the blood, hide the, the murder weapon, do all these things for, for each level and progression that gets harder and harder. So I'm going to put that to because it's not a very well-known game. Uh, again, I did hear about it on G4 back when that was a, still a thing. But it's something I hadn't seen. I think I actually had, had mentioned to you guys to add it to the library at that time because it wasn't there. But it's still, you know, you know I have it on PS4 and I definitely enjoyed it. It's a different kind of game. And a final question that we ask everybody, what's been your favorite feature on Channel 3 so far? There have been so many good answers to this question. So many things I could say. But if I'm going to have to pick one, I'll pick something a little more recent. I've been loving seeing the, the clubs get more active. You know, so I see seeing the chats available, seeing the quests in the clubs. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there to to branch out and even you know have your club admins that can add their own quests and do those kinds of things to get more just more participation in, in on the on the on the site and people involved in different kinds of games. Again, going back, I remember when I saw the Mario Kart group on Facebook. I think that was almost kind of like a precursor to to what Channel Three can provide different kinds of groups when you know doing all these things on excels and then tracking these things outside or sending facebook messages or you have something like channel three that you can house you can do brackets you can house scores you can do all these different things so i think um i think right now, with with some of the newer features i'm definitely liking where the club is going and looking forward to to joining more clubs and with that we've made it to the end of another channel three what are your three podcasts thank you judad for being our guest today you can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping Wednesday mornings, 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray, the Dan Tucker here, puts it all together, and our executive producer, Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. Hey.